Entrepreneur MBA podcast purpose is to help existing business owners grow their companies past the $10 million in revenue per year benchmark. Here is your host, Stephen Halasnik. Welcome, everyone. My name is Stephen Halasnik, and I am co-founder of Financing Solutions. Financing Solutions provides easy-to-set-up lines of credit for small businesses, and I will be your host today. If interested in uh, getting a line of credit together for your business, please visit us at fscreditline.com. Again, that's FS as in Financing Solutions, creditline.com. Um, and also for our listeners, as you may or may not know, unless you're new here, over the last 25 years, I have built six companies in the $5 million to $25 million range, including two companies on the Inc. 500 fastest growing companies in the United States. I love learning from people like our guests today and with uh, who have real business experience. And today I am excited to be speaking with James Shearer from Codeless. James is the VP of strategy of Codeless, a content marketing agency working with unicorns like Monday.com. And if you don't know Monday.com, they are uh, a, a very big company um, to drive growth through content at a huge scale. Through his work with Codeless, he's helped companies like Monday.com, Ad Expresso, Active Campaign, Chargeify, Freshworks, and dozens of other brands dominate their page one positions through content and backlink profile. James, welcome to today's Entrepreneur MBA podcast. Thank you so much, Stephen. Looking forward to this. So I am too, because uh, one, of the, one, of the, one of the things I love hosting the podcast, because I love to learn. You know, every, if you're an entrepreneur, that is, you're a power learner. Everyone I know 100%. who's an entrepreneur is a power learner. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and so today's content, I'm very, I'm sorry, today's um, topic, I'm very interested in myself because I, 95% of the leads that we generate as a company, Financing Solutions, is through SEO and, and content marketing. And I'm in charge of that. So yeah. I, you know, I'm going to be very uh, interested to hear what you have today to, to say, James. And today's topic is building a winning content strategy from scratch. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, so, you know, just to start off with, let's define what content strategy is. Sure. Um, content strategy is essentially setting up a, an intentional plan to create publish, promote, optimize, uh, you know, content of any kind, long form, video, podcast, whatever, that drives inbound leads and sales, traffic inbound leads and sales. Um, The idea behind this is that we're looking to create uh, merit-based attention for our brand through content creation. So educational, uh, education is the key with a subtle sales element that uh, drives high intent brand awareness and traffic to our sites. So when you're working with the bigger companies, yeah. Um, now listen, I'll just, just be clear. All our clients here, are, all, I'm sorry, all our listeners here are small businesses. So they're under, sure. they're typically under 6 million in revenue. Okay. Cool. Um, maybe the average might be a million dollars a year in revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's always interesting to hear what's going on in the bigger picture with the bigger companies, um, how far out do you go 
on deciding what content is going to be written on the website. Like you go out six months, you go out three months, you go out one month. Three. Three months. So yeah, so I run quarterly content plans. Um, the reason for that is that every three months you want to do a deep dive in and make sure with any marketing strategy really that what you're doing and what you've invested in has worked. And if it hasn't, pivot. If it has, double down. So um, I, I would say like a monthly quick review and then a quarterly deep dive to make sure that you're on the right track. Is there software that's out there for content strategy that, I mean, it seems awfully simplistic to just say, okay, well, these are the subject matters we're going to talk about every week for the next three months. But is there actually content marketing software out there that helps you determine hmm. what you should be writing about? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, so I use a tool called Ahrefs. Um, people yeah, may be yeah, familiar yeah, as well sure. with Moz and Camrush. Yeah, these yeah. are the platforms. So Ahrefs, I mean... <laughs> Whenever you're doing content plan, you can either start from scratch and just research kind of the key phrases and whether they have volume, try to like think up all of the stuff that you could possibly be found for uh, in order to get high intent traffic. Or you can cheat, uh, which is kind of like where I base a lot of my the foundational uh, keyword plan and research that we do um, is based on what are your competitors already doing? What, what, what are they ranking for? Um, and like, you know, no matter what size business you are, you're going to have competitors who are creating content and by competitors, I don't necessarily mean direct product competitors. They can be content competitors. So a business who who is currently ranking on the first page of Google or, you know, whatever page of Google for this, uh, search terms that you want to be found for, they don't necessarily have to be direct, you know, platform or service or, or, or product competitors. Um, but all of those tools will give you a kind of a content gap analysis. So say, what, what are my competitors ranking for that I'm not? It'll literally give you a list of search terms with the search volume on a monthly basis, the competitiveness level of those searches. You can export that CSV, put it in a Google Sheet, prioritize based on you know what you see as high intent and search volume, and there's a content plan. I mean, I would recommend you go a little bit more in depth than that, but that's not the worst content plan out there, honestly. Yeah. I mean, just so our listeners know, I mean, so I have a business partner and, 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 and 95% of my job is getting clients to come to us, getting prospects to come to us. That's my, that's my job. I'm in marketing. And, um, and so for the last 20 years, you know, I've really used SEO a lot. Now I've used lots of other marketing techniques, but SEO has been the most so search engine observation, the ability to get clients to come to you uh, mm-hmm. through content, through your articles that you're writing. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for a layman, I'm pretty knowledgeable now about mm-hmm. uh, SEO, even from a technical standpoint. And, yeah. you know, I believe personally that, if your your company will succeed or fail based on the ability that you have for clients to come to you, prospects to come to you. I would agree. Right. Yeah. And so if you're stuck at a million dollars in revenue, it's because you're not doing marketing. Yeah. Right. You haven't figured Absolutely. it out yet. Yeah. Right. If you're going to get over $10 million in, in, in revenue, which is the objective of this podcast, you better have a marketing plan that works. 
hundred percent. Right. So, uh, so everyone knows, like we mentioned, uh, James mentioned Ahrefs, which I use uh, mm-hmm. all the time. I mean, it's inexpensive. It's like two hundred fifty dollars a month. I don't even know what it. You know, forget what it is, but it's a h r e f s dot com. Ahrefs, yeah. and, and like you mentioned, there's SEM Rush. That's another popular one. So I use these to decide what content we're going to write about. Yeah. And um, I have a writer, believe it or not, I, I have a writer in Nigeria that writes totally. our articles. I, I have somebody in the United States too. And I had her for years and years and years. And I found that this guy in Nigeria, who's one third the cost, is as good as she is. Yeah. And um, so I, I have a, guy, a person there. I have an SEO consulting company who advises me on the, on the strategy part of it. Mm-hmm. And then I have a web development company who, you know, that's not really SEO, but if I have a technical issue, they can fix the problem. And that's yeah. my, that's my SEO team. Yeah. I, I, I mean, also just really briefly talking about the design team. I mean, it should be noted that there's no point in investing in content or driving significant traffic to your site through ranking positions if your site is not prepared and optimized to receive that traffic. Yeah. So from a design perspective, making sure that your blog or your site in general is optimized for tra- for, for conversion is absolutely key. So we talk about like what, what are the most important parts of a winning content strategy. Sure, it's an intentional plan, which we can talk about. The you know It's the tools that make it all possible. It's the writer who creates great content. It's also that design team who makes sure that the site and the blog are ready to receive the success of the per, you know, you know the, the first few stages of that process. Um, so keep that in mind and don't invest until you have that set up. Yeah, I you know so and, and the, the evolution of my skill as an SEO person uh, tr- uh, tr- transform it, you know there's 200 things that Google looks at to determine the ranking of an article or a website, right? Mm-hmm. And and the tr- the uh, during COVID, I tra- so in 2019, I transitioned from using an agency to do all my work and not paying attention to them mm-hmm. to becoming very, very much more technical and doing the work more ourselves in-house. Yeah. And, and so I had to become really, really knowledgeable. And I, I, I had worked with a, a coach to teach me more about the technical end of SEO. And when I made that transition from layman to more technical, our SEO results quadrupled. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and because, and so what I'm, why, the reason why I'm saying that, and I know I'm talking a lot, is, is that don't, I, my advice to all our listeners, don't just delegate SEO to your agency or to a consultant and say, go mm-hmm. do this for me. Go, mm-hmm. you know, go get me ranked. You got to have at least a ba- basic understanding of SEO. I would, I mean, coming from the agency side, I would agree to a certain extent. I think the challenge is that often, more often than not, people's experiences of agencies uh, is that, you know, they do the sales process and they sell companies on the value that an agency is going to deliver. And then once they're landed, once the contract is in place, they 
hand it off to some account manager or whoever who has nine other clients and uh, the investment doesn't kind of come to fruition or, or have a positive ROI simply because those agencies are like, sweet, we landed them. We have a six-month contract. They can't cancel anyway. Done. Done. Um, and the energy they put into every given month is 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 limited periodically sometimes. There are excellent agencies. I would like to think that our agency is one of those where, but the difference is that you need to, you do need to be on top of it. You know, you need to make sure that if your agency is doing work for you, that they are reporting the performance and, 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 and what they've delivered and how it's doing on a monthly basis. And if you're not seeing what you want to, you need to be on top of making them answerable for those results, which is that, you know, I recognize SEO is a long-term game, but we're not where you kind of told me we were going to be or where I wanted to be. What is the reason for that? So I don't necessarily think that you need to be an SEO expert in order to get a have a positive relationship or get a positive effect from a content agency, but you knew, you do need to hold them accountable. Yeah, um, I, I, I agree with what you're saying, James. I, yeah. I, um, maybe I'm overemphasizing because I don't expect our listeners to get to the level of uh, technical SEO that I've gotten to. But I, I, what I'm saying is, and I'm not blaming agencies. Okay. I, I just think that you have to understand that you're on a team. You're part of that SEO team. Yeah. And they're like, they're the technical end of it, but you need to be the strategy end and you can't be the strategy end of, content marketing and SEO if you're not uh, if you're not knowledgeable about how it works and it doesn't take that long it's like hmm. you just watch a few videos and you yeah. stay interested and you pay attention and you and this is the other thing have a meeting every two weeks with your yeah. SEO company okay yeah and and the reason I'm saying that is your SEO company will never know the business and your clients as well as you do no. And and maybe over a year or two, but what yeah. are we going to say? I mean, James? and I think you know, I may I, I may come back at that only because I think the reality of working with a good agency is that you can give a good agency control of the content. So we don't do just content production; we do content strategy and content production and backlinking as well. But um, so when I came into work for Codeless, uh, as I was working in house as a, a head of inbound, and I came to Codeless as director of editorial and then uh, VP of strategy, um, I came in with like I, I want to change our business model because what we're struggling with is pr- doing content based on our clients' strategies and what they come in with, we're just executing a, a given strategy, and when we don't see results, we are answerable essentially. The results that they fail to see are our responsibility, even though we didn't, we weren't involved in the strategy to get there. So when I came in, I said, I, I want to be very much involved, if not dictating the content strategy that we're executing for our clients, because I feel as an expert that this is what they should be doing. And so when I come in to work with a new client and we execute that strategy, if it succeeds or fails, it's on me, it's on our team. And I, so I want to be, that's why I was saying they need to hold me accountable, but I am answerable to them because I was responsible for creating the strategy. And I think that there is room for small, medium sized businesses, enterprise businesses, whatever, to outsource that expertise to somebody who does it for a living. And 
it's the same reason I think that people, you know, bring in electricians to do the wiring in their house, because if they do it and they're doing 19 other things, particularly around creating a business, running a business, a lot of people don't have time to learn, you know, how to wire a home. And if they try, they're going to shock themselves. So bring in somebody whose job it is to be like, I am an SEO. That is all I do. I've been an SEO for 10 years, and I feel really confident about my level of expertise in that space. I do not do advertising. I do not do social media. Um, so I, as a result, I feel like it's, it's, it's legitimate for businesses. And again, I'm not coming back at you as hard as it may sound. <laughs> uh, I feel like it's, it, it is legitimate for some businesses to say, if I trust that you know what you're doing, and I hold you responsible for the results that you see, I'm comfortable giving that to you and stepping away and focusing on what I what I need to focus on. I like the idea that a good agency fits into your team and allows you to feel confident about what you're doing from a content perspective while you know not having to pay a huge amount of attention to it um, and allowing you to focus on the things that you want to focus on from a from a small business growth perspective, which is a lot of, you know. Listen, I think when you're dealing with, there's two things I would add or, 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 or say to that. So the first thing is a lot of our listeners are running small businesses, right? Yeah. And what you'll find is an, a quote unquote agency will not start working with you until you're willing to spend five, ten thousand $10,000 at least a month. Sure. You know, so yeah. a lot of times you're stuck with dealing with an individual consultant who does it on yeah. the side, right? A free yeah. agent. And then as your organization grows and you get into it. Then you get into a bigger firm. That's the first thing. So this, but the second thing I would also say, so I'll give you an example. I was working with this one smaller agency. Um, I liked them a lot. And I, they had like maybe five people working there. <laughs> and so this is before I was, I became technical. All right. Mm -hmm. So to speak. Okay. Again, layman technical. Yeah. And so she, uh, the, the firm we were working with, I got to be, much I was getting really more technical and I was learning the the value of backlinks mm -hmm. right and linking strategies and backlinks and I think I read or watched a, a video about how 25% of your results they felt will come from backlinks and mm -hmm. backlinking strategies right yeah. and the the agency we were working with said to me before I learned that don't worry about backlinking. It'll happen organically, right? <laughs> and now yeah. I start learning all about the importance of backlinking. Here we are putting tons of sure. content up, tons, yeah. right? And and my domain ranking at the time, uh, to be more technical, was a 19, which was yeah. a really bad yeah. DR, yeah. right? And I, after I learned about the importance of backlinking, I go to them and, and you know, what I kind of found out was they're, they were so white hat that they think that any type of manipulation of backlinking strategy is against the terms and conditions of Google's agreement. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and they're so white hat versus black hat that they want to be so careful and good that they're unwilling to do it. And the other part about this, the hardest part of all of content marketing and SEO and all that stuff is the backlinking. Sure. <laughs> That's the hardest part. Yeah, right? it is. And they didn't want to tackle it, right? Yeah. 
I mean, that's, so, a, yeah, that's the other part is that they, they weren't currently offering it, so they devalued it. That's correct. <laughs> yeah. That's right. And yeah. so that's this is an example where I didn't know yet how to do backlinking. I did have to know that it was important and that and that the agency I was working with weren't doing it and we weren't going to get great results no matter how much content we were putting up. I wouldn't say yeah. how much, but you know, because we we've always put up a lot of content. So yeah. um, so that's a good point. Yeah, I mean you're right that you you can't necessarily you know you should never trust an agency uh, is going to be completely honest with you about everything because they're only going to deliver what they offer and what they view as valuable. Um, and I think again, yeah. So I guess have that have that level of understanding about how the world works from an SEO like how the SEO world works, um, and then get a team that does all the things that you yes. see as, as. And then, but then once you have that relationship and you understand that they're going to deliver everything that I know I need, cool. So yeah. long as they're good, so long as they're answerable to them, so long as they're reporting to you, you should be able to. You, sh- you really should be able to work with a good agency and outsource that part of your business marketing um, without getting screwed over. Like, surely, you know. Yeah, I think so. And um, and, and I, st- I mean, I liked the agency. So, um, you yeah. know, I, I also think the agency should be teaching you, uh, you know, you got to be paying attention. 100%. So, so yeah. let, let me ask you this. So content marketing, content strategy. Give me some some highlights, uh, uh, not you know top ten, but give me some recommendations to our listeners about mm-hmm. what great content strategy, content marketing, you know, should be about. Sure. All right, I'll give you a rundown of how I create content plans. Um, so we get a new client, uh, or say you're a small business, take a look at your kind of your product or platform, your service, break it up into three categories. So what are the three kind of things that if people found us for um, that could drive a lead or a sale or a straight up sale without lead generation? Um, So I work in a categorization basis. Um, In general, you want those to be two kind of top of funnel categories and one more medium to bottom of funnel categories. So if you do... um, if you're a SaaS company, SaaS SMB, let's say, uh, one of those categories should be related to kind of platforms or tools or best of topics. Those are all the search terms re- within that category um, are high intent search terms. If I, if, I, if I do project management software, um, then the key phrase project management software is somebody looking for a list of project management tools or software to decide which one of them they're going to convert on. Project management, that key phrase by itself, is a top of funnel search term. It's educational. What is project management? How does it work? What are the benefits of it? Best practices, whatever, whatever. Top of funnel search term. Um, So three categories of content related to your space. Within each category, you should have three to five pillars. Pillars being high volume, high competitiveness uh, searches that if you ranked for those are kind of your pie in the sky. If I ranked for these, that would be a massive win for my for my brand and drive huge traffic and leads and sales. And by ranking, just quickly, I mean uh, a traffic driving position, which currently is one to seven. So if you're eighth, ninth, tenth, or or or, or farther back on the search engine results pages, you're not going to be driving significant traffic from any key phrase, no matter the volume, really. Um, so three to five pillars per category. Uh, then you have 15 to 20 support 
articles or support support um, uh, yeah support topics within each category as well. So if we're talking three to five uh, you know pillars, fifteen to twenty support articles, then we're talking around twenty pieces of content per category. Three categories, that's sixty pieces of content. Which if you're doing somewhere around you know uh, five to ten a month then we're, you know, doing those in the, in the first six to nine months of, of, of uh, content creation, because that's the volume that we should be publishing at, give or take. That's what most small teams can handle. That's what most freelancers can, can, can create. If you have two freelancers doing, you know, a couple pieces of a, a week, uh, then you're publishing 10 times a month. And that for the first six to nine months is a high but good volume of publication. Um, so publish the pillars first, get them indexed, get them live, support them with the support content, which is internally linked. So internal links from your support content to your pillars. After the first three months, take a look at which category is performing the best. Again, Ahrefs or SEMrush will give you an understanding of where each URL that you publish is ranking for the primary key phrase and any secondary key phrases that you have. Um, and then after that three months, determine, okay, sweet, this category out of the three is doing well for us from an SEO perspective. It just happens to click with Google for whatever reason um, and double down on that. So maybe prioritize in months six to 12 uh, the research that you did for that category over the other categories. Uh, organically, you should be climbing the SERP after the first three months. Well, after the first month or so, you should be start seeing, seeing ranking positions. Um, and yeah, that's kind of the content strategy itself. We can talk about what good content looks like as well, but that's kind of in a nutshell, and I recognize relatively quick and relatively fast, uh, that's that's how I create content plans. That's great. It's just, I want to show you, uh, you got listeners can't see it, but I'm holding up. These are my notes that I just took from him. <laughs> All the stuff that I'm going to do, so, uh, or outsource, you know, so that's good stuff. Um, it is a problem because I, I think I, I pick content on a monthly basis. Um, and mm. I, you know, it kind of gets a little bit, it's not as strategic. It's a little bit more impromptu. Yeah. Like, you know, you That's come up with a common come, thing. Right? Yeah. You come up with an idea. Oh, let's write about this. And okay. So, you know, you just kind of go do it. Yeah. So. I mean, that's, that's what creating a content plan with intention is the key to kind of how I think about it. It's like, why am I creating this piece of content? What is it supporting? What is it the pillar for? Um, and I'll also say, so there's two primary things that I see people miss. And the first is creating content plan with intention. Why am I creating this piece of content? The second is the belief that once an article goes live, your work is done. And for me, that's the biggest mistake I see is people don't go back into existing content and optimize it. Which is why a platform like Ahrefs or having, you know, if we talk about analytics and marketing being as absolutely essential, and it is an SEO as much as it is in any, as much as it is in PPC, I want to know when one of my articles begins to rank just off the first page for a high volume search term. As soon as it does, I want to go back into that URL and update it, update its statistics, update it, add word count, uh, make sure the images are beautiful, make sure that my product or my service is mentioned and talked about. Uh, you know where I want it to be and where it can be within that piece of content. Um, so optimize that URL, even if it was written a year ago, 
come back in, tweak it. And so when it gets I, I, A, it'll hopefully move up because of the work you do. But also that URL probably hasn't seen significant traffic. It may have done in the initial promotional push that you did right after publication. But often we talk about evergreen content. Um, these articles are live for a year before they organically get to a ranking position. And if they're just off, I would say, I call them 11s. Realistically, it's eighth position to 30th position for a high volume search term. If you get a URL to that space, dive back in, optimize it, add word count, add add an FAQ section. Nothing wrong with adding some uh, some more word count to a piece, provided it's really related to to the subject matter at hand. So when it gets to a traffic driving ranking position, first to seventh, every eyeball on it sees an optimized piece of content. Um, For me as well, that's talking about a scalable content strategy. Invest a certain amount in every piece of content, but don't invest the most in every piece. Invest the most in in those pieces that are your 11s, that are just off a traffic driving position. And then, so all of the, you know, all of the content that you have that has significant organic traffic is amazing. And then you have another, the Pareto principle, 20% of your traffic and your leads and sales are going to come from, sorry, 80% of your traffic leads and sales are going to come from 20% of your published content. So those 20 better be amazing. The 80 can be good. The 80 80 can be okay. Um, They need to be optimized for search uh, and they need to be internally linked and all of that stuff, but make sure they're excellent only when they get to that kind of traffic driving position for the high volume search term. Yeah, I you know I, I have this debate a lot with my SEO uh, strategy uh, consultants, um, consulting agency, and I I like we generate a lot of content, mm-hmm. like and and so I look at some of these articles that we are posting, and I'm like, you know, they're only getting five hits a month. 10 hits a month. But my overall SEO results are really good for, you know, we're generating great leads through SEO. And, you know, the, the, the SEO strategy consultant says, it's building your other pages, the links that are going from your internal links that are going from your existing content that's linking back to your home pages um, mm-hmm. where all of our a lot of our leads come from, like our leads don't come from the articles. No, 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 no. they they come from the home pages. Of course. So, like every lead that comes in, I know where the person came from. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and so they all come from our home pages, or our, I guess I, I don't know if the right term is campaign pages. That's what I say, but sure. yeah, the yeah. individual page, the other sub pages underneath my home pages. But they yeah. don't. I don't. I don't get a lot of conversions of clients filling out applications for lines of credit from the article. No, so, no, absolutely not. So, so oh, okay, so that's. Oh no! Cool. I mean, like if if you have a one percent conversion rate on an article. You're saying, wow, okay. that's not the goal. I mean, you can create, and a lot of people do find a really positive ROI from high intent, from ranking for high intent search terms. So if you're in, you know, if you're, if you're in a, I guess what I'm saying is across your entire blog from top of funnel to bottom of funnel ranking content, um, 
a one to 2% conversion rate is great. Some of your articles, your high intent, you know, the articles ranking for high intent search terms uh, should have a higher conversion rate because, you know, the person looking, uh, searching for that thing is looking to buy on like they're mm-hmm. close to buying place. But the value of content is that you, the first touch point you have with them is educational. Anybody is educational. The first touch point isn't an advertisement. It's not a social media post or whatever. It's not salesy. It is delivering value clearly to that person. So for you, um, you create content around, uh, I imagine, small business, how small business owners can, can grow their business, connecting that article relatively naturally to the idea of a line of credit. The content as a result is educating them about how they can grow their businesses, how incredibly exciting that is for them to get that value from you rather than be thrust into an ad immediately. And so when they see an ad from you, either from retargeting, which a lot of businesses find a super positive ROI from, especially if you're retargeting blog traffic, then you're retargeting people who had an initial positive engagement with your brand before they saw an advertisement. So they're coming into that ad with a totally different perspective than somebody who gets an ad cold. They're getting an ad a little bit warmed because you've already delivered value to them. Or down the line, maybe you're not retargeting, but they type in something related to small business growth or small business credit or credit line or whatever it is, and your ad does pop up. They still have a more positive relationship with that ad. Or they do subscribe to your blog, say, which you know, you're going to get a far higher conversion rate on blog subscription if you're delivering high quality content than you can't can on a bottom of funnel lead generation. Like let's book a call, let's book a demo, whatever it is. And then you're, they're subscribed to your blog and you're sending them emails that are educational in nature or three out of four educational in nature. And the fourth, this can be a lead nurturing drip campaign or it can be manually, you know, a manual newsletter. But somewhere within that email communication, you are communicating the value of your product and your service. But it's all coming from a place of education. So not only are we driving significant traffic and brand awareness through content organically, we're also talking about content briefly to the side. We're talking about content that you invest in once, twice with an optimization. So once and a half, because optimization doesn't require the same level of work that creating the content does. And then it just ranks. And then it just ranks for a year or two and you only invest in it once. Advertising, social media advertising, PPC, whatever it is, you invest in every single time anybody clicks on that. Every single time, forever. Organic ranking positions, just you invest once and then the ROI just goes like this because there's no further investment. And so we're talking about brain awareness. We're talking about traffic. No, we're not talking about a huge volume of leads and sales, but we are talking about an audience of people who are, you know, are interested in what you're offering because they've typed in something and you've only created content related to what you do. So we have a high intent audience of people who now know your brand name. So if they see it again, they have a positive association with that brand name. And if you do retargeting campaigns, lead nurturing, lead generation campaigns, if they see a podcast, if they see a webinar, then they convert with far more interest in finding out more about what you do and what you offer than if they came in cold without having that previous experience of education and value. Yeah, I, uh, I, I mean, I agree with you and I, it's, I hear it a lot. I just kind of feel like when people, like I, we write a lot about business financing. That's what we write a lot about, right? 
the podcast that I do, which gets written up into an article, is really good for the business growth end mm-hmm. uh, of the pillar okay, yeah. you're talking about. I just kind of feel like the the content that we write, I just feel like I I want it to be actionable, not not educational. Like I want it to be It should be both. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I I, I get what you're saying and I'm doing it, but you know, I I think when you do go three months out and you and you have the three pillars, I think you I think you do naturally uh, focus on broader topics that aren't as narrow as this is exactly what we do. Yeah, totally. You know, and I think it's, I think there's some yeah. value there. Yeah. I mean, I think we talk about pillars as well. Um, I would say a pillar, like if you have three pillars per category, two of them should be top of funnels, high search volume stuff. And one of them should be your high intent article that if you ranked for, it should have some volume, but it should be also far more related to, that should be your, you know, we have two that are about driving traffic and brand awareness, and we have one that ranking will drive leads and sales. I mean, also, you know, we talked really briefly about the idea of web design and the role that it plays within content strategy. Um, your blog, you should care as much about optimizing your blog for conversion as you do about optimizing your landing pages and your product pages and your future pages. Um, there are any number of different conversion elements that you can add to, to, to blog to, to your blog design, from you know overlays, pop-ups, welcome mats, uh, CTAs, dynamic CTAs, welcome you know uh, opt-in bars at the top of your page, sidebars that have lead generation. Um, sidebars that have uh, gated content prompts and they send people to a landing page that converts them towards, you know, a, a lead nurturing stream. Um, and you should be testing your blog. Is once you have five thousand organic, you know, visitors on a monthly basis, that's enough to get a statistically significant search res- uh, A/B test result from a design change. Um, and I say that one to two percent is is good, and I I stand by that. But that doesn't mean that on your high intent articles you can't add conversion elements that boost that to two point five, three, three point five, whatever it is. Um, it doesn't mean as well that once you publish an article, in general, creating SEO oriented or search oriented content is about education and not exclusively sales. But when we talk about diving back into an article, once it gets just off a traffic driving position, um, you can go back in and add sales elements because SEO works such that it takes a long time for a article to get to the first page of Google, but it also takes a lot for it to come off. Um, so an article, you know, we see a lot of outdated, you know, articles from 2018 still rank on the first page for high volume search terms. Um, so you can update content with sales elements as well as all the rest of it, um, once it gets to a traffic driving position, that's entirely legitimate, and that will that will drive more conversions uh, than perhaps the content that got you to that position. If that makes sense, it does. It does. Yeah. You know, I wish, I wish the content that we wrote was more measurable in conversion to deals. Instead yeah. of it going to home pages and then converting, I would have a better, clearer picture that the content, like, you know, one of my top articles, you know, th- that gets the most traffic, I don't know if it's converting to close deals. 
And I'm like, wow, we're, you know, and we optimize it, you know, every six months yeah. because it's getting the most content. But I'm like, because that's subject matter. I'm like, okay, we are getting the right audience, but are they converting? You know, and I mean, so- it's also like retargeting though. I mean, a ranking con- piece of our, our content like that, it's, this, it's exactly the same as retargeting campaign. They see your brand. They may convert down the line because they read a great article from you or saw an advertisement. They didn't click on the ad. They didn't click on the CTA in your blog article, but there's no saying, you know, we're talking about thousands of visitors. There's no saying that a significant portion of those or any portion of those don't come back to your site and do branded search and find you that way because they had a great experience with your blog. It's, it's impossible. And that's the challenge for me from like a performance reporting perspective. Um, how do I show a positive ROI when the fact of the matter is that a significant portion of your blog readership may come back in a totally different visit? Yeah, I get it. To convert. I, yeah, I get it. And that's the same thing I'm saying about writing the article and then it, they come in through a different way. Yeah. You know, I always say, I say this to the SEO companies sometimes that I've worked with. I said, the, every lead that you get me that is, fits in this category is worth X amount of money to me. Why don't I just pay you based on that performance, right? Because you have no idea how many leads that content is generating that doesn't come direct through that path. Right. That's the argument that I usually get. We also don't know the value of the brand awareness or the value of well, the right. you know traffic from from that perspective that people just like have a positive experience with you which when they're talking to their friend about small business credit lines they say oh i i, I read a great, great article the other day uh, you should check it out or you should check, check yeah, it out yeah i i, I just think no idea. i'm this, i'm not a big fan when it comes to small business branding you know i just not mm-hmm. a big fan of it i think when you get into a bigger company branding is important but in small businesses I don't know. I think it's more a point of purchase. I guess, yeah. No, I, I I would agree with you. I guess what I'm saying there, though, is that if they've read a good article about this subject matter and then one of their network says, I'm like, I, I was wondering this, whatever, and they say, oh, I, re- I, I read a great piece, I'll send it to you. I get you. It's hard. It's not branding. It's just, you know, it's 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 a, it's a great piece of content. Well, though, yeah, right. though, I could say is, you know, once I start working with you, if my sales increases, I would attribute that to you. If my sales goes down, as long as you're doing nothing else, well, know, if everything else, <laughs> right? I mean, I think you would say you could. It's you know, you're not control of how the salesperson speaks to the person or stuff like that. Yeah. But if I have a ten year track record, you know, and my sales are you know five million dollars, and I start working with you, and over the year my sales go to seven million dollars. <laughs> well, guess what changed? Yeah, totally. you, yeah. you know? And we also have, you know, we, we have clients who, and this is, this is, this is a, a thing, you know, we, we have clients, we, we had one client early bird who came to us, they're a, they're a small kind of app, the SaaS app. Um, and they came to us without a blog at all. So we started working with them, creating like the first piece of content that went on their blog, we wrote. And uh, over the course of that 18 months, we were doing fantastically. We did really, really well. Um, got you know a little bit of luck, a little bit of talent, and uh, they went from zero to 75,000 monthly visitors in an 18 month period, which is really exciting, really good for them. They hadn't, because again, it's kind of going back to the outsourcing thing. 
what we did was developed a winning content strategy and produced great content for them that's optimized for search. It got them ranking positions and a significant volume of traffic. What we're not responsible for and they needed to be as a result is what do we do with that traffic? How are we converting it? How are we, once we do convert it to a lead, how are we converting that lead into a sale? So they got 75,000 visitors and they're like, what are we doing with this? And they've paused because they need to go back and figure out how the hell they're, you know, converting these people into bottom of line, you know, bottom line affecting numbers. And that's, you know, there's, there's some legitimacy to that, but that's why I say, if you're going to invest in content, give yourself, you know, a month at least beforehand to write down, how are we converting? If we did have 10,000 monthly visitors, what are we doing with them? How are we converting them? So that you build a traffic driving machine on top of the foundation of conversion and, and, and optimized design. Um, otherwise, again, there's no point in doing it. There really isn't. And I think it's also entirely legitimate to say, okay, we've done this. We've invested in this. Um, you know, it's taken us a year. We're at a place, traffic driving, traffic position that we want to be. We're going to slow down publication, maybe just do, you know, three or four pieces a month instead of eight to 12 um, or two, whatever. Um, you need to continue taking over with publication. Otherwise, Google will leave pretty quickly. Um but you can pause for a moment and be like, okay, let's take, our, let's take a breath. Let's look at all the numbers here. What is the ROI of this? Um, how, how have we grown? How much can we attribute to content? And then if you determine that it's a positive ROI, you're seeing success, success from it, then dive back in if there's more opportunity there. But I would say a business that doesn't invest in content will struggle to drive organic, organic traffic um, and I have not yet met a business or an industry that doesn't have opportunity in this space. Uh, and I've not yet met a client that hasn't driven what feels to be a positive ROI. Their business has grown as a result of, uh, of continued publication of high quality content that targets high intent search terms. Yeah. I mean, uh, James, I think you can tell uh, you and I could, talk about this subject matter for like three hours, you know, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just, I'm very interested in, I love lead generation. I think it's so, um, uh, I think it's what drives business. I really do. Uh, I you know, I think it's the most underrated thing. Most people think as a small business, Oh, I deliver great service or product that will take care of itself. And I, you know, it, I don't really think it does, you know, it's all about sure. getting, getting the word out. So, um, so unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank so very much James Shearer from Codeless, C-O-D-E-L-E-S-S, -S, for coming on to today's podcast. If you like today's podcast, please feel free to share it with a friend and also subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. And please, if you liked today, today's podcast or all the other past ones, uh, please give us a review. Um, that really helps us get the word out on your app. And if you're looking for a line of credit for your business, uh, feel free to visit us at fscreditline.com. Again, that's FS as in finance exclusions, creditline.com, or call us at 862-207-4118. James, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, how would they go about doing that? 
For sure. Yeah. I mean, as you can tell from this conversation with Stephen, I am a big fan of this topic and I'm more than happy. You know, honestly, email me is like if, if you're into this kind of thing and are interested in, in success with content, uh, james at codeless.io um, will feel free to hit me up. I'm also on LinkedIn, James Shear, a VP of strategy at codeless.io. Uh, Twitter, JD Shear. Uh, last name is S C H E R E R. I'm around. I'm, 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 I'm on places. Good. <laughs> Well, thanks a lot. Um, So, you know, the summary of today, right? Um, The thing that I've really got to take away from it. It's a simple one, really. And that is I need to kind of build my content strategy out three months um, and, and really look at, you know, a variety of different tools in order to do that. Come up with my three topics and my, my three pillars and, uh, you know, drill down from stuff like that. So I've learned a lot today, James, thanks a lot. It was really a lot of fun. And I really uh, do appreciate you coming on board. Absolutely, Stephen. Thank you for having me. It's fun. Everybody have a fantastic day in the United States. It's beautiful outside. It's the summer. What a different mood everybody has during the summer and during the winter. Don't forget as an entrepreneur that you have to take care of yourself before you take care of the company and your employees. Have a fantastic day, everybody.